0: Carl: Hi Lynn.
1: How are you today? I am wonderful. I did a whole bunch of Halloween stuff this weekend in the St. Louis area. I saw pictures. I was uh, no, that was all my wife I, I know. I I was a reluctant participant. It's called Forced Family Fun. We'll talk about that in a little bit.
0: Yeah, we're going to be talking a lot about family-friendly things and not-so-family-friendly
1: things. Absolutely. And we have guests today.
0: Yes, I would like to introduce two winners of the St. Louis Theater Circle Awards. They are multi-talented stage and screen folks in the St. Louis area. Plus, they do a whole lot of other stuff in their daytime work. So Jason Contini and Taylor Peets.
2: Hi. Welcome. Hi. Thanks for having us.
0: Well, thank you for coming. We'll, we'll pay
3: you later for that
2: wonderful
1: <laughs> intro. <laughs> that <was> <laughs> we'll talk to our guests, Jason and Taylor, in just a moment. And then around minute 14, we'll talk Possessor Uncut. Around minute 23, The Doorman. Around minute 29, Hubie Halloween. And then The War on Grandpa at minute 40. The Chicago Seven around minute fifty-four. We'll talk some docs around one hour and nine minutes. Boobs and the Kingdom of Silence, the history of horror around one hour and twelve minutes. What's coming up, including the Ken Quapis book around one hour and fifteen minutes.
0: Well, I miss seeing you guys on stage. We miss it too. Yeah, we miss being on stage, especially these days. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, now Broadway's not coming back till May June twenty twenty-one. Yeah. Yeah. And
1: they announced that the Music Man starring. Hugh Jackman will not go until 2022 which they're saying that's going to be the big event musical that's going to come out but it's not going to be out for a year and a half so Yeah. Wow. But we I were talking if
3: they've even started rehearsing that at, at all. Yeah.
0: Well, he did say in the beginning I saw uh, one of those Zoom interviews on a like James Corden Hmm. I think it was. And he said that at at first, when the pandemic hit, they were still rehearsing, they would you know call each other
3: mm-hmm. and
1: and rehearse and then gradually that
3: sure that falls had to go way, away. So. Right.
1: Know. Well, also, you know, you were looking forward to West Side Story, this version of West Side Story, that they did previews. But they—I don't think they officially ever opened, did they? No.
0: And when I was going for my annual trip, you know, to see my son, and that I was hoping to see Sing Street, and because mm. that was about to open, which was and it was in previews. And then also I was going to see uh, the the Tracy Letts one, the about the city council meetings.
1: Okay, sounds sounds riveting.
0: No, it's got a really good. It's really, really good. It's about you know chicanery on the local level in politics. That doesn't happen. And uh,
1: was it the meeting? Possibly. I think. I think you're right.
0: Yeah. Anyway, it was going to open, and I was so excited because the actor Jeff Still, from Steppenwolf, Mm -hmm. was going to be in the cast. Nice. And he helped me, he was into To Kill on Broadway.
1: Well, we have theater professionals here. Yes. Winners, award-winning actor and actress. We also have, they also see films. And so we're glad to have them here. What uh, Broadway or theater that was canceled in the last eight months were you interested in seeing that didn't come to fruition yet?
3: Wow, theater?
1: Yeah. Um, well, because locally, you guys were probably going to do a show.
2: Well, you know, honestly, <laughs> yeah, they were taking a little break. Yeah, I've been taking a bit of a break. We both yeah. have. Um, I, you know, started a new job two years ago, and um, just kind of letting myself get in the swing of that. I wasn't auditioning as much, just to kind of let myself, you know, find my groove. And um, but I was hoping this year, now that I've settled, to really start getting back to auditioning and, you know, taking master classes and workshops and, and things. But obviously, that all went away. <laughs>
3: Yeah, I think for the last uh, year or so, year or two, we've we've kind of taken steps back and pulled back. Yeah, worked on jobs, and then we've also gotten. You know, Taylor's gotten much more involved in music, and I've gotten much more involved in film production and, and podcasting myself. And but yeah, I think this year we were both looking at at ways to to kind of get back to the stage, and now now that's put on hold. <laughs> so I think that's probably the biggest disappointment for us.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. Taylor choreographs. Too. Oh, shows too. And then Jason, ha- they both were involved in the movie. Uh, tell them about uh, your movie uh, that you made four years ago, right? Four yes. years ago? Oh,
3: well, gosh, no, actually we <laughs> shot it now six years ago. Oh. It wow. released four years ago. So, and yeah, it's, it's available on DVD. It is available on DVD at uh, fourcolorthemovie.com. You can also, for a limited time, still see it on Amazon Prime Ooh. Um, before it gets pulled and, and we're doing a re- rebranding of the film. But the oh. movie is called Four Color Eulogy. And... Um, it was uh, it was my company, Archlight Entertainment, it was our first feature. We teamed up with another production company here in town called Pirate Pictures. And it was it was kind of a family comedy drama that dealt with uh, comic books and the world of creating as well as cancer. Um, and that, that was really kind of all of our first real big toe step in that pond. Um, and Taylor wrote the original song for that film that plays during the opening credits. And that was kind of our first real, all right, let's do this. Let's <laughs> let's go for it. And, uh, you, know, and yeah. you did it. And we did and it. We did. We and did if it. you have Amazon
1: Prime, you can watch it right yep. now. And they want to make a Western called Retribution,
3: yes.
0: you yes. think? And they have a, a little preview reel, you know, because obviously a filmmaking... A reel, yeah. Yeah, they yes. need to, you know, get investors... Mm-hmm. And so it's really cool. I've seen that. Did you real, watch the? Oh, you as, have. Yeah. yeah,
3: Luke Stein in it. Luke, yes. Yeah, yeah, Luke, yeah, Luke was in there. Yeah. There's a lot of local actors in your work. Yes. We like using <laughs> local actors. We like utilizing the area and showing what resources and talent this area has. You know, I mean, everybody keeps talking about wanting to try and get the, the film tax breaks back to Missouri. And that's all fine and good. That's mm-hmm. great. But that's not going to happen if we just sit there. We still have to show why we need more film here. And the best way to do that is to show off the resources we have. And one of, one of our great resources is the talent. Yeah. Yes. Um, you know, the talent in this town is is really uh, untapped when it comes to film, I feel.
0: Yeah, I and, do too.
3: Yeah. And yeah, that sizzle reel that you're talking about, and that, was, that was a lot of fun. And that's still a project that we're still very much uh, focused on and putting together. It's, it's a bigger film. It's probably the best thing that we've written and put together. Um, we also, you know, you can see that that sizzle reel, not just on the Facebook page, but it's also on our Archlight uh, YouTube channel. Cause
1: you well. want people to see it so they can invest. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. yeah. And you have comics,
0: they big into comics too. as they should be. Yes. yes.
1: So what have you, have you been watching anything during the pandemic?
3: Yes, quite a bit. <laughs> what yeah. what
1: do, what do you recommend that you have seen in the last six to eight months?
3: Oh man! Oh boy! That well,
2: long. well,
1: it's no because if there's something that's on the top of your head right now, that's what sticks, even if it's bat.
2: Uh, for me, the thing that comes right out off the top of my head is The Boys on Amazon. The Boys, mm. season uh,
1: three.
3: Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, The Boys and, uh, and Umbrella Academy. And We're Umbrella
2: Academy. Umbrella
1: groups. Academy. We're going to talk about somebody that was Ooh. in Umbrella Academy in a movie Lynn hates. All right. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I
2: can't wait for that. <laughs> um,
3: and we've also been... But now,
1: so do you like Umbrella Academy? Did that? Was it drawn to you because it started out as a graphic novel? Or I, was that nothing to do with it?
3: I had interest in it because of that. I had and your Way. Yeah, I, I had read the, the original comic years ago, mm-hmm. and I, I didn't really remember much of it. He left but My
1: Chemical Romance to, to, to do, do that, yeah,
3: to do to comic do, art. Yeah. Um, but Taylor, you're actually the one that saw it first, and you kept trying to get me to sit down and watch it. Was it only, Same only thing six episodes. Boys. Yeah,
2: yeah I, I did not know um, very much about the source material, and so when I saw it, obviously people who have read it first I'm sure have some issues um, mm-hmm. and I we have I and mean, I probably will read it at some point for sure but um, it was one of those shows where I, I started watching it and it was I wasn't sure at first but I I couldn't stop watching I just had to keep watching the next and episode and then season
1: two drops yes yep. Yep. and so and the weird thing is the the comic book issue the first run is six, uh, mm-hmm. six issues and then the second one is six issues and then there's a couple one-offs and then that's it yeah. But the the, uh, the sorry, Netflix show uh, veers off from the original premise, but it's got an amazing cast too. and my daughter wanted to read the comics first and then watch it and then she gave up and said she was doing both <laughs> concurrently
3: yeah.
1: because she said it doesn't make sense for me to read the source material because they're already drifting from the source yeah. material.
3: yeah it's, it's very much a different a different thing with with some loose. Ties. And
1: then Mr. Way started up the band again. So, yeah. so yeah. he's he's making money on two fronts. Yes.
3: Yeah.
1: And for you, Jason?
3: Um, boy, things that, that uh, I've watched it stick out. Um, you know, I've actually used a lot of this time to really work on other projects. Mm-hmm. So other than... Podcasting. Yeah, yeah. podcasting and, and some other video work so as far as other than the boys in umbrella academy you know the thing that jumps to my mind and i think that you know we might be talking about this a little bit later is uh the eli roth history of horror Ooh. um which uh we've started watching on Shudder, and i just absolutely fascinated with
2: yeah it's really fun we watched um, another episode this morning <laughs> yeah
3: yeah it's it's really and that's probably the first thing that comes to mind because i've spent The one good thing, I think, for me that came out of all of this pandemic is it gave it forced, I should say, forced me to have time to sit and work on uh, the podcasts and the YouTube channel and graphic novels that I'm working on and a fan film that I'm producing and and directing. And uh, so it, it. I, I think I spent most of my time in the office, really. You know, Good. And, and popping in, watching things here and there.
1: And I love that you are a couple that watches things together because I oh, yeah. am. I am not allowed to watch some things without my wife. Oh. Like, <laughs> oh,
0: <laughs> she, well,
1: or, there are things you can watch that on your own but when shit's creek is on because now shit's creek's on three different sources right. it's on comedy central every friday night it's on netflix and now they have all 6 seasons on netflix and it's also it's also on pop people remember it was it's a canadian yeah, Richard, show it's on yeah. pop and so like all 6 seasons are there also so shit's creek is everywhere and so as of last night we are officially halfway through cuz we just started season 3 and the second episode of season 3 is halfway and she's like well, that's it. it. We're halfway finished. It's going to be over. I said, well, can't you enjoy the yeah, the, yeah, other, yeah, yeah. the other 40 episodes yeah. that we're going to be or watching? Or just
2: stretch it out as much as humanly possible. So oh, no, no,
1: no, no. no because they're, cause Netflix has a a documentary before season six and she doesn't know how long Netflix will keep that up. So she wants to, and she doesn't want to watch it before season four or five because she's afraid she'll get spoiled. So she wants to get through season five, watch the, watch the table reads and all the stuff, previewing season six. And then she wants to watch. So there is, Method to the Batman. Sure,
3: sure. Yep, I understand that. All right, mm-hmm. so.
0: You, oh, well, I forgot to mention, you did that fan film about Batman. They did a. I forgot to tell we, you that, Carl.
3: Yeah, we, well, we helped work on it. That was actually a Pirate Pictures film. Wyatt okay. Weed uh, wrote and directed.
1: Who directed your film?
3: Uh, well, yeah, he also. Yes, right. He also directed our feature. Um, mm-hmm. And Wyatt and I, we've known each other for, gosh, 15, 17 years, something like that. Um, He's like he's like family to us. But mm-hmm. yeah, he, he basically took the first issue of the classic Dark Knight Returns comic Ooh, The by Frank, Frank Miller. Miller. Yeah, he basically took like the first issue and adapted that into a forty-five minute film. Wow! And uh, I know that he is working on on the second issue now as well. But we we helped with that. We were both in it. No, the the fan film that we're doing now is actually called Red Circle Investigations. And this is one that I am writing and directing myself. And it's based on a very little known uh, comic book property from Archie comics known wow. as the Mighty Crusaders.
1: Never uh, heard of it. Yes.
3: A lot of people and that's have that's the no, idea. Yes. And it's it's interesting because a lot of these characters paved the way for other characters. Their their patriotic character, the Shield, for instance, mm-hmm. is the very first Patriotic superhero in comics, Captain America. Unlike Captain was a America, copy right? Of Shield, and, so.
1: and it's probably it's probably, if you guys hadn't done this, there'd be a teen show on the CW about how they're all moody and teeny. Un- like. Undoubtedly,
3: yes, and that's yeah, you don't want that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right, so that's good to know, and we will get we will get back to some of your uh, recommendations in a moment. But let's start. Uh, let's stick with the horror. F- film let's go to as it's being called in the united states possessor uncut the rest of the world it's just called possessor but because american audiences are squeamish this the name possessor uncut lets you know that this is gory and bloody and violent and very cronenberg but not the cronenberg that you're thinking of this is brandon cronenberg son of david david cronenberg who did F- the Fly, as parodied on Saturday Night Live last yes. night, and Scanners, and he his early career is more of shock horror, and then he gets more introspective in his later career. But his son Brandon uh, st- is starting off with his dad's earlier work.
0: Uh, well, uh, they warned me that I shouldn't watch it. I told you, so I, 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 I told Lynn.
1: I said if you can't if you can't make it past the first five minutes. This movie is not for you.
0: Well, I despise
1: his crash.
0: Are you not? Okay, now see, Crash. Now
1: once again, you have to you have to say this is not Crash that won the Best Picture at the Oscars. This is the Crash where you're having sex with people that have been in car accidents, which is just. It is it is an odd piece of film based on a book from the seventies. I know, I know. I don't care if
0: it th- these are it's, real people. It's really weird. <laughs> it's just weird. But I did. I will. I did like Dead Ringers and Jeremy. And Dead Ringers is great. Irons was fabulous,
1: and they're make, they're remaking it. So oh, really? Gabrielle Graham is in. She first you just think that she's this regular person, but in in the first like one minute, she sticks a transistor into her skull. And the little blood comes out, and then it just goes off the rails from there. And it is violent, and it is bloody, and it is disgusting. How far did you get, Lynn?
0: You told me not to watch it, so I didn't. Okay, <laughs> I
1: didn't. I just, I just knew, I just knew it would give me nightmares. And you would absolutely be correct. So you have Andrea Riseborough as a spy. She she works for an unnamed company that's run by jennifer jason lee and they are um she they don't this is one of the good things about it they don't explain because some movies you over explain the science fiction of here's what we do here let's go 88 miles an hour and you have to go through there and you can time travel. this they don't say anything about and i was just using back to the future as an example but this she inhabits other people's bodies they Kidnap a person, and they implant something into their brain, and then she controls their mind and body. And we, why? And why? why? For government, or uh, actually, they never say they, they <laughs> for for private industry intrigue. She's a spy. She is. She's an assassin. So, in the first one, she's supposed to kill this hotel guy, and that happens. And then next, she, they're supposed to kill Sean Bean, who uh-huh. runs this multi collaboration thing that the company that Jennifer, Jennifer Jason Lee works for wants to take over. And so they take over the body of Christopher Abbott who plays Colin Tate who is the boyfriend of Sean Bean's daughter.
0: So is this kind of a invasion of the body snatchers kind of well, thing? no,
1: not like that. In fact, our buddy Max Foyzi said this is bloodshot only better. And that's the that's the I didn't okay. see Bloodshot, and everybody hated, hated Bloodshot. But in that movie, uh, Vin Diesel plays a soldier who uh, keeps taking the place of other people, and that's actually the premise of this. But when you come out of uh, inhabiting somebody else's body, you are given a test to see that you don't retain anything of there, and to make sure that your brain is worth going into another body because. That's her job. She goes goes. And there's a whole backstory about her her estranged husband and their son. And then there's the whole weirdness of going into somebody else's body. In fact, the poster that you see with somebody wearing somebody's face, that's the two of them trying to find out who is in charge of whose mind. Because she's done this so many times, she doesn't have a strong of willpower and so Christopher Abbott and Andrea Riceborough they're fighting over control of his body because when, when you do your uh, after you've committed your assassin or your assassination you're supposed to kill yourself and then they'll pull you out because you have to have witnesses to you get somebody that's close to the par- your target and then you kill yourself and then it looks just like a murder suicide but she while she's in this uh, situation she can't uh, control the body well enough to commit suicide. And so the other guys like, "Hey, I don't want to kill myself." And so it's very bloody and violent and once again Sean Bean gets uh he he's the target. So just like in Game of Thrones, just like in uh James oh. Bond, <laughs> you know well, you know I mean,
2: what's going to
0: happen.
1: It <laughs> you know happens Sean it happens to Sean Bean all the time that he's in yeah. anything. But there, there is a twist to that, so I'm, I'm not going to give it away. There are a lot of twists in this movie, but, Lynn, as I told you, via text, it is violent, it is bloody, it is stabby, it is, uh, they do horrible things with a fireplace poker, and it is only like an hour and 45 minutes, and it would give you nightmares. It would.
0: And, the fly gave me nightmares. Well, well yeah.
1: Okay, this is a lot more gross than that, yeah, and that it, was gross it's it's yeah. just ugh. well, I, a lot uh, of people are recommending this film. I don't think it's original i I because it's derivative of so many other things, but I do like things about it. I just can't recommend it to people because I think it it's more of a gross factor than it is actually. It's well shot. I'll give it that, but I can't i I think it is being overpraised. And I, I I, don't think I will ever watch this movie again because it's not mm. – and, and the ending is very – Max says it is derivative of another film that I'm not going to mention. He mentioned on the air what film is it uh, pays homage to. But I think that gives away the ending. So <laughs> I'm not going to say how it ends. But I think, Lynn, you would have – nightmares for many men you would not be able to go to sleep after watching this film yeah and, and sometimes it involves so,
0: kids doesn't it
1: sometimes it's a bad thing sometimes it's a good thing this is on the bad scale and i i don't know yes you can be upset and uh not like the film choices but you can still appreciate it i didn't appreciate it as much as other people did and i i i Want to say something positive about the film, and the positive thing is, it is a good first, even though it's not his first film. It's a good uh, stepping stone for Break- Mr. Cronenberg. A breakthrough. Yeah, I think I think he will uh, do get better and do well uh, after this.
2: Do you th- hmm. would you say for people who are would be really big fans of the genre, or who are just so curious? Would you say, yeah, go ahead. Yes. If it's, okay. If,
1: if 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 you're if you're <laughs> I don't want to say numb, but if you right. get off on watching uh, somebody get uh, their eye plucked out no, with oh. a, <laughs> oh, that, that's you're out. Aren't well, see, you? but you oh, know, I'm no. To see the I'm thing, out. the thing, if you you think of his father's scanners, yeah. that is, and for 1981, oh. that is an iconic. Yeah. Now, 30 years later, 40 years later, yeah. that is, you know, that, okay, it's yeah, a jump. It's a jump cut. But but when you saw Scanners and that guy's, and when they they're having the debate, yeah. Every and everyone knows what I'm talking about. Yeah, and it's like, it
3: never done before. It sounds like you know uh, something that would fit into the torture porn genre via Cronenberg. Ex- y- yes, a, a pairing. But but is, but, also,
1: but but torture porn sometimes is fun. This is not, not fun. fun. Okay. This is not fun. It's all very serious, and it's all it's all uh, big brother. Uh, I, I want to say Big Pharma, but it's some, the multi corporation, the trilateral cor- corporation is making all these things happen. So, ah, uh, I It's like
0: the chip that Bill Gates wants to put in there.
1: Yeah, sure. <laughs> if you think that that's a real thing. Yeah. Well, no, I yes. don't, but I'm just
0: saying. <laughs> all
1: right. So that's Possessor Uncut. It is exactly what you think it is because of the words uncut, even though the rest of the world is like, oh, it's, it's just a movie. All right, Lynn. Um, You didn't see The Doorman, did you? Uh, No. um, I had issues uh, with uh, access because
0: they were trying to get it for me, but you had to do a feature Mm -hmm. on the movie, Hmm. which I wasn't going to do.
1: Right. Um, So we're going to try to uh, talk about this film without mentioning the two words die (laughs) and hard next to each other. So – this is a movie, and Max and I on on Movies did a whole thing where we said, oh, man, John McClane would be so good in this, but we're not going to do that. Um, and it, it keeps getting mentioned as either The Doorman or Doorman because the poster now says The Doorman, but it is Doorman. It starts Ruby Rose. Uh, speaking mm-hmm. of comic book characters, yep. she was the former Batwoman, and uh, now she's not. Uh, and if you see her in movies, she was the silent assassin in John Wick, Chapter 2. Yes. And she that's great, which they they even did the, the exact same fight in John Wick, Chapter 3, with a different actor. Um, Ruby Rose and Jean Renault is oh, wow. the baddie in this, uh, uh, getting a paycheck. And uh, Rupert Evans is in this movie. And um, uh, a whole cast of... Uh, Anskel Heine uh, is really good in this movie because he was... Uh, He's the number two baddie, and I, I actually like his character worse than the Jean Reno character. Uh, let's talk about what it is. Uh, the first scene. This is not like uh, the John McClane movie. The first scene. Ruby Rose is a kind of like a secret service agent, and she is on a mission that fails, and so she's. Uh, I think she's honorably discharged but she's no longer uh protecting those that need to be protected and so she's looking for a job and her uncle they don't really say who she is who this guy is he, they keep calling him uncle whatever and he gets her a job as a doorman in a, an apartment building in new york city that has x number of floors but it also is, is the hold on i have to get this right because it's stupid um It's where her sister's ex-husband and their two kids live. Weird. So, which is also dumb. And so, it's Easter. So, it's an Easter. Unlike the movie from 1988 is a Christmas movie, this is an Easter movie. And so, I I just, it's making me ill talking about it. Um, Things happen. There's a heist. There's a heist, except this time it's artwork instead of uh, what was it? Uh, was it
3: bonds? I yeah, think
1: bonds in yeah. the in the safe, um, and so they need they need the building uh, evacuated. But it's Easter, and the family is not leaving till the next day because he's from London and I, he has some sort of connection. Like I think the reason that they weren't talking is because he, he was her boyfriend first, and then married her sister. Anyway, it's oh, it's stupid. Okay. And so like the kids, the boy is a stoner and the kid uh, and the little girl, she's a computer whiz. And uh, it's just so... Who directed
0: and wrote this, Carl? Uh,
1: the director is, uh, 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 I want to say this right, Ruhei Kimaptura, who is a Japanese uh, filmmaker. He, uh, uh, I, I'm... I don't – He he. oh, he did uh, Godzilla Final Wars in 2004. So if Tom Stockman were here, he'd go, oh, yeah, I know who that guy
3: is. We, we watched that not too long we ago. Did, oh, did you, you? Maybe about a year ago. Yeah, we're big Godzilla fans, and that one that one kind of jumps it, – it, it jumped quite a few sharks. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So
1: So now you're familiar with his work, yes. and now he's doing a um, movie based on the Nakamura building – in a hotel in New York, which even though the third movie was in New York, and that's some sort of vengeance kind of thing. And so he uh, directed this. The stream screenplay is by Lior Scheifetz, Joe Swanson, and Harry Weiner. I don't know these guys. Yeah, three people. Three people wrote this movie, and it's really sh- – it's only 90 minutes. And so um, things happen, and if you've seen the Christmas movie from 1988 – you know exactly how this movie is going to be. and you uh, it's just, just uh.
0: so you think it's a ripoff?
1: Absolutely. But there, and the kid usually on a movie like this with kids in it, and you put the kids in danger and that that's supposed to up the ante, uh, one of the kids is just stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and the other kid, the other kid takes too long to send a message to the police because, you know, she's supposed to be a computer genius. and she's given one minute to send a message i mean yes she's like a six or seven year old kid and you think that oh she could uh, it's just it's just not good you could hate watch it i'm sure and it would be wonderful and so and ruby rose now we don't know what she's going to be doing next because she quit batwoman i'm sorry they left over creative differences the rumor is that she got hurt on set and they were not Receptive to her getting well again, oh. and I and as I told our buddy Jim Batts, who follows all the CW hero shows, I broke up with Batwoman halfway through once they killed her sister off for the third time, and so because I was my wife was still invested with it, and she watched the last five episodes, and I said, "Hey, so was was it okay that I broke up with this?" And she said, "Yes, absolutely, zero things happened." So. I'm interested yeah. in how they're going to resolve Batwoman next year with a brand new cause Katie Kane's gonna be yeah. leaving and but I'm interested more interested in the future of that than ever watching Doorman again. Or I'm sorry, <laughs> the doorman. All right, right, Lynn.
0: So now we can go to Family Friendly Fair. Family
1: friendly fair. Go ahead. You what do you want to start with? Uh, the one you, you liked first. Yeah, let's I like you know that. what? You can like two films. You can like both films.
0: I know, but I... But you uh, liked Hubie. I was surprised at Hubie Halloween. No, no, no. You had
1: low expectations for Hubie because it's an Adam Sandler film. That is not the same as being pleasantly surprised. Yeah, that's true. So...
0: Well, first of all, you know, uh, my children grew up with Adam Sandler, and I had to sit through all his movies.
1: Now, that's... Okay, you're giving bad... You're saying... So you didn't like Billy Madison...
0: No, I'm just saying. I had to sit through a lot of movies, and not like I Happy really Gilmore? liked. Yeah, I liked Mr. Deeds. I liked uh, Little uh, Nicky. What's the one? The where Water he's Boy. The Dad.
1: The Big Daddy. Yeah. No.
3: Yeah.
1: With John Stewart. Yeah. John's. It's actually John yeah. Stewart's kid.
0: <laughs> yeah, and and there's some that I really like. Punch Drunk Love. Yeah. And stuff. Yeah. Punch Drunk. So good, yeah. so you know, and then he's got this deal with Netflix. He was good in Meyerwitz Stories. mm Hmm. The Jennifer Aniston one that you like a lot. Uh, so, Murder so, Mystery. Yeah. And so I didn't know Hugh Allen because he's in, you know, he's got that. He has this deal with voice. Netflix. Yeah.
1: And he he's got the, he's, does the Waterboy voice in this.
0: Yeah. So that is, um, um, you know, so. It is an amazing <laughs> cast. It is really good cast. It has so many cameos. And what I liked about it. Starts it starts
1: off with Ben Stiller.
0: <laughs> right. What I liked about it was it it's in the details of the film it is a homage to all these horror films and then they take the typical adam sandler personality and they do a thing about bullying Mm -hmm. which is good the writers of this did did um i have worked on sandler things before tim hurley he was a writer on snl so he and Adam Sandler
1: wrote this with Tim Hurley. Yes.
0: So they've done a lot of work together. And so, it's St-
1: Steve Brill is the director of this. right. So it's a who short did hand. Mr. Deeds and Little Nicky
0: right. So it's a shorthand, and I like that. And <laughs> my favorite thing was June Squibb plays uh, Hubie's mom, uh-huh. and uh, you know she is from Effingham, Illinois. She I, is always, always wonderful, but she's <laughs> yes. playing the exact same
1: character that she did in Nebraska.
0: Right, and she's yeah, always sure. playing. The you know, she's
3: getting a lot of work as the as especially as crazy now grandma after, as the after the success of Nebraska. Yeah, she's getting typecast as that. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: yeah so she wears all these uh thrift shop uh t shirts that have very inappropriate sayings on mm-hmm. them, and she doesn't know what they mean.
1: And they're so very funny,
0: they're very funny, and that's a running gag. It's a good gag, and too. So, so I enjoyed uh where they were going, I enjoyed some of the um. Uh, especially the cast because...
1: Kevin James.
0: It's Kevin James. Who has this
1: weird beard. I don't... I, I, I don't... But know he's it. the chief of police with Keenan Thompson as his... And my daughter... my, my Watch this as a family. This was one of the three Halloween things we did on Friday night. And this was the third one. And she's like, there's a lot of Saturday Night Live people in this. And currently, like Mike, Mikey Day's in it too. Oh, Peyton List is in this movie. Uh, uh, let's see who else. Julie Bowen is playing the female role. Uh, And then you've got Ray Liotta. Rob Schneider, who I told you looked (laughs) – he looks like James Spader in this. He does. Steve Buscemi. Steve Buscemi. Um, So
0: it's a really good cast. So I I enjoy it. Shaquille
1: O'Neal. Maya Rudolph and Tim Meadows play a married couple. And there are also uh, uh, – Will Byers from Stranger Things is the young boy in this who is – he's on loan from Netflix. So (laughs) – it's it, it's because there's
0: it's a Sandler's own daughters. Yeah, see that's Sadie it. and Sunny.
1: That's why uh, Sandler does this because he there's a lot like Buscemi's kids in the, all of he gets their families together. They either travel or he gets to put people's kids in the movies and and that's that's funny too. Uh, uh, China Anne McClain, who was a Disney star like ten years ago, plays a grown up version of as a teacher, and Blake Clark. Comedian who's in a lot of Sandler films is in this. Lavelle Crawford, the comedian, is in this, and he, he's in love with a pig that got killed. And George George uh, Wallace is the George mayor. Wallace is the mayor. Um, uh, Kim Whitley is his wife is not the mayor's wife, but Lavelle Crawford's wife, and they're they're farmers, and their pig meets an um untimely death. Peanut named Peanut <laughs> untimely end. Uh, 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 uh Melissa Vis- Villa Senor. She's in the film, and it's just—it's just a huge, really good cast. And yeah, and I—I I, liked—I liked the movie. I like what they did. Some gags are like him riding his bike and them throwing things at it. Went on one too many times when they throw a ch- kitchen sink at him. I, yes, you get the joke.
0: Yeah, and then it's it's silly, and it's sweet, and of course there's stupid stuff because it's Seinfeld. But they're I, smart I things too, but, but, like the
1: the thermos thing. I enjoy the thermos as a Swiss Army knife. And
0: his dialogue comebacks are good, except he's just got that voice. He's though. doing you know, the water boy so, voice, so it's hard to hear. But some of his comebacks are hilarious. I like the the town uh, TV station. All the women, like <laughs> the anchor and the weather girl and everybody else, they're all dressed like Harley Quinn. <laughs> Every single
1: oh my. like <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> the anchor, the weather girl, and the field reporter are all dressed as Harley Quinn, which and is like, really oh, fun. Yeah, they go, "Oh, YouTube, girl YouTube. power!" Yeah. Uh, and Cameron Boyce from Descendants, he was supposed to be in the in the Will Byers role. That's that's his character's name. Sorry, his his real name is Noah Shap. Noah Shap. Yes, he was Cameron Boyce was supposed to be the Noah Shap role, but he passed away, and so the film is dedicated to him. Which is, it's That's really, nice. it is really nice.
0: Yeah, at the end, it's, it's very nice. So I needed because to. Because
1: he, he was in Grown Up. They were in Grown Up together. Sorry to interrupt
0: no, you. No, I was just going to say, I needed to turn off the news.
1: And so you watched it.
0: And so I just thought, you know, I'm going to watch this. And it's mindless fun. It's escapism. You know, people aren't going to remember it maybe a week later. But there are really charming moments in it.
1: I'm sorry. Cameron Boyce was not going to be the Noah Chaparral. He was going to be the guy that worked with him at the deli.
0: Oh, the Which, one, the the one that was dressed the as mean, Freddie Mercury, the mean guy.
1: Oh, so they he was
0: going to be Freddie Mercury.
1: Yeah.
2: Okay.
0: Well, I mean, the kids dressed up on Halloween as Freddie Mercury. <laughs>
2: yeah, it's... we definitely have to watch this now. I was say, yeah,
3: we, we, I don't know about you, Taylor. I'm not a, generally a big Adam Sandler fan. Like you, Lynn, I can kind of take something. I like
2: SNL course. Adam Sandler.
3: SNL Adam Sandler is very good. And Punch Drunk Love, I think he's really good at the dramatic stuff. I think Yeah, he doesn't or get a uncut, lot of, gems. uncut Gems. Yeah, he doesn't get a lot of uh, uh, credit until recently for that. But, yeah, we've both been looking forward to that. We just haven't gotten around to watching it. But
2: And like you said, Lynn, we, we watched the trailer and I I thought yeah, that's that's just it's mindless. It's very fun. sad. I that, there's yeah. nothing wrong with that. It.
0: No, it's PG-13 though, so you know the little kids aren't gonna,
1: you know. But uh, there's some well, adult really because my things. daughter said, and she's almost 17. What's that shirt mean? Because they're yeah, boner patrol. <laughs> 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 It ain't going to lick itself.
0: <laughs> oh. They're hilarious. And she goes, it's 50 cents, 50 cents. 50 cents at the thrift shop. Okay, but. And you know those were like real shirts. My son Tim used to go to thrift shops, and he would bring home crap. the craziest shirts. One was, don't ask me, I'm a lawyer. And he wore that. And then one was a family reunion shirt. He just oh my God. tried it. Oh, you like, like, like uh,
1: 75 people wear at Disneyland they're all they're all in the the shirt yeah. and then the dad's always the dad's always in the shirt i didn't want to wear this yet cuz it's yeah and yeah. so
0: so when she was wearing these shirts i was like you know those are real and they found them oh, yeah. somewhere
1: <laughs> so like you jason i i pull for adam sandler there are movies i i i try to watch as many adam sandler films as i can because i know there is going to be a hidden gem in there and like murder mystery last year i thought he and Jennifer Aniston, they have a good chemistry, and just like people say that he and Drew Barrymore have a great chemistry.
0: Oh, yeah. There about are,
1: those. He, he, he can do winning performances, and you pull for the guy. And, Taylor, I know that, like, sometimes he's doing Saturday Night because he's doing, like, a canteen boy kind of thing, which he parlayed into the water boy and shows you a new voice. And, and, yeah. and if you don't like the voice, you're going to hate the film. And that's what my wife said. She said, this would be a great film. If it wasn't for The Voice, and I can see how yeah. it would annoy people.
0: Yeah, I forgot about Wedding Singer, and I forgot about uh, Fifty First Date. Fifty First Date. So yeah, no romantic comedy. He can he can do, and the SNL that he came back to host last year that won the or uh, Emmy uh, in nineteen won the Emmy. That song about Chris Farley made. But me he cry. had
1: already done that on his Netflix special. I know, but it still made me cry. I know, and I think it for is me
2: it's, it was just that I. I appreciate his talent, but for whatever reason, at the age I was when he was super big with all of, you know... The, Jack and Jill? I just, for whatever reason, I couldn't quite get into it. Everybody did, and so I appreciated him for what he was in those films, but I, I for whatever reason, just wasn't my comedy style. I don't know, maybe it was just my mindset at the time, or my, I don't know, But but I do appreciate him, and... Mm-hmm.
1: and and, and that's it and that's why I go to a Sandler movie because I'm pulling for him I want him to do I want him to give me a diamond in the rough and yes it's an Adam Sandler movie yes uh, Vulture magazine said Click is the ultimate Adam Sandler movie because it's got amazing cameos and it's 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 the Sandleriest of Sandler movies (laughs) like
3: but, but something like
1: Uncut Gems is not a Sandler type of film which is why people are amazed but it but he's been acting for years. He's been doing Punch Trump Love is what, 2003, yeah, 2004? Yeah. And so yeah. they've known that he can be a serious actor for a long time now. It's not just uh, Happy is, Gilmore every single time.
0: No, he is the number one box office moneymaker
1: out of the SNL cast. More than Farrell? Yeah. Wow. Good I can and, see that.
3: I mean, if you. Well, if also you, Netflix. You know, if you, if you combine everybody's, you know, film and box art, I can see that. His, I mean, he was massive in the 90s and the early 2000s. Yeah. It was just so big. I, that and he's
0: consistent. Yeah, and he turned him out. I yeah. mean, you yes. know, he turned him out. But I'm like, uh, you know, Uncut Gems, uh, he was fantastic. He was.
1: And so he deserved it. And his speech. Yes, he said he's going to make the crappiest film he could make. And then what's he do? He releases this, which is not a crappy film. No, It's really well done, and I enjoyed it. It has heart to it. It does. But the ending, I will say the ending is dumb. It is. Mm. It is. It it, is. Hey, look, Frankenstein. All right, so (laughs) let's move on to a movie that I think is on par with this film. It is called The War with Grandpa. It is in theaters right now, and it stars... It, this also has an amazing cast, but your top line is Robert De Niro and Oakes Figley. Oakes Figley, he's the kid from Pete's Dragon. He's the the new version of, with uh, Bryce Dallas Howard. He's mm. Pete from the remake of Pete's Dragon.
0: Yeah, and he was in Wonderstruck, and he was in This Is Where I Leave
1: You. Yes, but he's also having a war with his grandfather. This has also an amazing cast. Uh, Christopher Walken. Cheech Marin, Jane Seymour, Rob Riggle, Uma Thurman. And those are just the adults in this film. Lynn, I'm gonna let you go and say how much you don't like this. All right. Okay, so
0: this has been sitting on the shelf for three years. Two, two years.
1: 2017,
0: 2018.
1: Go ahead. All right. Fine. Well, I, it was I,
0: messed gonna, up with. The, it was messed up with the, it was with the Weinstein. Weinstein.
1: It was. It oh, was a yeah. Weinstein okay. company production, so it's not the film's fault that it's been sitting no, there. It's no. not the film's fault, but yes, it's been around since
0: 2018. Okay. Well, um, I uh, it is based on. A, oh, <laughs> as well,
1: as we're doing this, Max Foise, Max on Movies texts us. Carl and I are going to start a war with Grandpa Fan Club, because Lynn and our buddy Dan Buffa hate. Hate, hate this movie. All right. I oh, promise, yeah. I promise, I will let you speak about okay. how you hate it. Okay. Go. I
0: want 94 minutes of my life back. Uh, <laughs> the first five minutes into this, I thought this, I was going to give it a chance. I thought this is horrible. Okay. So first of all, as a senior citizen, I don't like when they take these stock, stereotypical senior citizen gags and jokes. And so they do that at the grocery store.
1: Mm -hmm. Self-checkout. Oh,
0: man. And I'm just like, oh, dear God, here we go. And I will say the things I did like about this movie, Mm -hmm. I did like the friends Cheech Marin and Christopher Walken. And the dodgeball scene, I'll give you that. Mm -hmm. And then... um, The little girl that she's obsessed with Christmas, which
1: is very kid like,
0: it's very kid like. Poppy Gagnon plays Jenny, and she's the young girl. Okay, so this is a 12 year old boy who is a selfish brat, and yes, because that's what he has to give up his nice room. First of all, Rob Regal is an architect. And Uma Thurman, I don't know what she does, but they live uh, their very comfortable life in this big rambling house with big rooms. Because they have three kids. And the ki- the so the twelve-year-old Peter is delegated to the attic, which has a which has a mouse and a bat and all this other stuff. But nowhere else in the house is any kind of vermin,
1: or uh, it's an unfinished attic.
0: Yeah. Well. Yeah. But. Ah, When I grew up, when we had the attic bedroom, it was really, really cool to have the attic bedroom because you had more room than the other rooms. So anyway, um, this kid decides that he is going to declare war on his grandpa to get his room back. So he's making, he's doing all these pranks that involve injuries with the old guy. And De Niro's not too bad in this movie, I will say, because, you know, he... He does all these paycheck movies and uh, sometimes... It was really a version of Problem Child 2.
1: Okay. Hmm.
0: There are parts of this where I just cringe because it's so mean-spirited. And I just thought a lot of it was nonsense. And I don't know what Uma Thurma is
1: doing playing. She's playing a mom now. Playing a mom. She's in her 50s. She's Uma Thurman. But she's playing like a sitcom mom. Yes.
2: Hmm. It's
1: a children's movie.
0: I know it's a children's movie. And All right. Maybe I'm, I'm, f- I'm going to let you finish. <laughs> but it's uh, first world problems. I'm just going to say it was just painful to watch.
1: This movie was supposed to be released at the beginning of 2018. And then uh, Mr. Weinstein had a, you know, masturbation issue and uh sexual harassment issue and so his whole company went into freefall and so this was a casualty of that it was supposed to be released two years ago not that a movie that's been sitting on the shelf for two years two and a half years um would change your mind about if this came out in 2018 you probably would say the same thing
0: well right because i don't like the revenge aspect of the of the kid on the grandpa because there's this marble collection that is very important to the grandpa
1: every time he built a house he put a marble in the thing
0: because you always find marbles and the kid does this prank where the marbles all fall and he
1: glues he glues the jar to the table and then de niro pulls it up and all the mar- marbles fall because the glass breaks. Right. That's that was so, not the point of the the prank.
0: They fly all over the floor and go down into the ductwork. Ductwork, you know, just okay. like that. So I did not. I did but, not but appreciate the, but, those. And then there are stupid things in this movie, like the parents hear all these noises, but they don't go to investigate. But
1: they do go to investigate. Actually, most of the pranks that go outside of the house happen to. <laughs> Um, either Uma Thurman gets something done to her that she, in turn, uh, throws on a police officer that's pulling up next to her, or uh, Robert De Niro gets his pants down and shows Rob w- Riggle his penis. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is that's a good running gag. It's it's as good as a running gag is. It ain't gonna lick itself. But I'm not I, it, I'm not comparing this movie. <laughs> to hubie halloween because i liked both of those films so i have nothing against hubie halloween i just don't know why you're comparing uh robert de niro's output in this film to something like taxi driver or even meet the parents those you can't you You know why because those films even meet the parents is more for adults that's not a kid's movie this is a kid's movie you can watch this movie with your six-year-old and they're there's not going you can't watch Taxi Driver or oh, even meet no. the parents no. with a six year old. No. This is a movie for children, and it can't. I'm I think it's unfair to judge it. Oh, this is a paycheck movie for De Niro. Maybe De Niro wanted to do a kids movie, and guess what? He's doing kids movie. Uh the the oldest child is a daughter. Uh, her name is Laura Morano. She was on the Austin and Alley Disney series. So, that and she's also since she's a Disney kid, she gets to do a song at the end. Yeah, which, which is that i thought that was silly but you know th- all, everyone seemed like they were having a good time and rob riggle i love rob riggle from from the daily show and he he was also a service member so thank you for your service rob riggle and then holy moly with joe testor he i think rob riggle needs to do more stuff like this because he's really funny in this he's playing deadpan and i really didn't think that uh, rob riggle and uma thurman would ever be married because She is still Uma Thurman, and she does get a little, as Max said, she acts like uh, the bride in one scene where she's going to take down one of those kids. I think it is smarter than you're giving it credit for. I think it is more fun than you're giving it credit for. And I think, I had a theory that people with kids, young kids, would like this better than people that have forgotten how fun it is to watch a children's movie. And you know how much crap kids movies can be. And oh. with, without mentioning any names or any titles, even though I have like 50 in my head that are bad kids movies, I think this one is a step above the breast because it is better than it needs to be because kids movies, you see what's out there. It's garbage. This movie oh, yeah. has some smart things in it. They're running gags in this movie and I think it ends with heart. It does have a heart thing that you are willing to talk about Hubie Halloween with. Once again, I'm not comparing the two movies. I'm just, I just find it interesting that Sandler gets a pass and this movie's not getting a pass because you expect more from the leads. And no, you expect. It's also based on an actual book, The War right. with Grandpa.
0: I don't like the plot. Okay. I don't like the plot.
1: And it's Tim Hill, the creator of SpongeBob SquarePants. So he, I love, well, he didn't create it, but he was an integral part of SpongeBob SquarePants. He also did uh, Kablam, and he directed Muppets from Space. And he's, I wanted to, he has done bad kids films too because he did Elvin and the Chipmunks and Hop. Yeah,
0: and also the screenwriters did Failure to Launch.
2: Okay. I did not see that one.
1: As you should <laughs> as you should not have.
0: Um, I saw it midway,
1: and then a tornado hit, and
0: I had to leave the theater. <laughs> oh, but wow. I am saying— That's how I remember
2: that
1: movie. <laughs> I, I, I don't know why there is so much hate for The War with Grandpa.
0: Because it was ridiculous and painful to watch, and it was stupid. And I don't like the revenge theme. I thought it was really mean-spirited, and I thought the lead kid, the 12-year-old, was a selfish brat. And I didn't enjoy wa- watching that because— well, and then also because I am a senior citizen, just those lame. Yeah, okay. Now hold on a second. Jokes.
1: Even people that aren't senior citizens have problems doing self checkout. So it's not just a senior citizen thing. And he's Robert De Niro, so instead of paying for everything, he thought he scanned everything and he just left the store. So <laughs> And then he's right. Robert De Niro, and so he's. Are you but talking? But when to me? they
0: have the whole crowd, uh, you know, the whole crowd of senior citizens riot on the. Uh, but then manager. also
1: he does have problems with driving, and a lot of senior citizens have problems with driving. Well,
0: they do, but I mean, I'm just taking. They take the, you know, the. It's just stereo typical so i just really i but said it, hey how do you know it wasn't too bad you in don't
1: it. know what the source material is so it, right. have you have you read the book no i have so not it might be 100 percent faithful to the book right well it's just something that i didn't care for <laughs> it's okay it's all right i don't mind having this dr- disagreement i just don't i just disagree with you on it yeah
0: Well, I did think the elaborate birthday party, as cool as it was, it was very much a ripoff of A Christmas Vacation. And
1: it's also – my wife compared it to uh, Alexander and the not-so-terrible, horrible – with Steve Carell and Jennifer Garner. And this is very much on par with that. So if you liked that movie, I think you will enjoy this movie. Once again, it's a children's film, and it should not be – Put up to the high standards of, and yes, there are good children's films. The, the, most of the Pixar, except for Good Dinosaurs and Monsters University, would fall on things that adults and kids can. This is something you guys were talking earlier about mindless fun. This was mindless fun.
0: Well, they put um, the kid put the snake in the grandpa's Oh, yeah, that's, bed. that's what
1: my wife did not care for snakes. No, so. I mean, it
0: just. I just didn't like the revenge aspect of it.
1: And that's okay. So. Uh, do you guys have any questions that I can answer for you as a pro for this film? Because <laughs> she's got she's done the con all the way she can.
2: <laughs> well, I, I guess it – I know what you're saying, Lynn. On, I, I haven't seen it, to be fair. So I know what you're saying on some points about if the plot just doesn't – if it doesn't get you and um, – that can be, you know, right away, mm-hmm. you know that you're just not going to like it. There are some films where maybe the acting is brilliant and, you know, the cinematography is great, but if for whatever reason it just doesn't sit with me, I'm not going to like it. Um, right. So I don't know if that, that would be a case for me with this one, but, and I mean, so many things have been recycled, and that's fine, but I guess, you know, the prank kind of movies, Kids Against Adults, it's been done so many times, yes. but it's also been done so well. So I guess maybe there are high expectations that, you know, we've seen this before, so what are you going to do with it? So I, I don't know. What do you think about I think about the that? Christmas
1: world just exploding and going to hell, I think I thought that was really well shot. And I think it was really well done.
0: Well, it was well done in terms of slapstick and stuff. But really, if you've seen Problem Child 1 and 2, you've, you've seen, got the picture. Yeah, I enjoyed Problem Child 1 and 2 and John Ritter. You happen yeah, to yes. not
2: love something with John Ritter. Yeah. Exactly.
1: All right, so let's now move on to a film that Lynn loves. And yes. this is awesome. in theaters yeah. right now. It's going to be uh, mentioned for awards, and it's going to be on Netflix starting this weekend, The Trial of the Chicago 7. It is definitely
0: the big awards movie of the year so far. Um, Aaron Sorkin wrote and directed this. Oh, mm-hmm. he directed this as well. Is, yeah, oh, this is only that. his second film that he directed. Uh, Molly's Game was the first. Just won, won running won the, the, poker. the poker game. <laughs> yeah, Well, and Idris Elba and everything. So... Nobody does a courtroom drama like Aaron Sorkin. So, walk and talk. In 1989, he his play *A Few Good Men* premiered on Broadway. He got it from his sister, the plot from his sister, who was stationed, uh, where, you know, so that's where that came from. And then it was then we knew Aaron Sorkin from the movie in 1992, and then of course *The West Wing* and *Social Network* got him as Oscar and uh, I've liked all his movies. I'm not big as big a fan of Jobs as everybody else is, but I do think Well, this n- is because there were
1: two Steve Jobs movies in the course of a year and one had a good Steve Jobs and one had a good Steve Wozniak, so... <laughs> yeah,
0: but this one is based on a true story, so it's the original screenplay and I do think he's the front runner now for all the screen... Awards. You know, it's not just the Oscars now, because that's why I always say it's the year-end awards, because you've got all the other yeah. awards. Yep. So I think he is the front-runner right now. It is The Trial of the Chicago 7. Which is it, a story
1: that has been told before.
0: Right, but not as— Not with Aaron Sorkin writing it. Not as well as this. It is about—the overall pick is—it is about why civil discourse matters.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Which is always a good thing to say, but it has, is it very political? Well, yeah, it's well, the yeah, trial in the Chicago zone. Well, yes,
1: but I'm saying, does it try to uh, no. wedge in something from today? No, I think just like by the by Glorias example. did.
0: Yeah, no, I think by example. Except the Bobby Seale scene, where he is bound and gagged, and a mistrial is declared, is horrific.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So there you go. That we're still having this stuff happen. So, this cast is incredible. But let me give the backstory to why we have a trial of the Chicago 7. Yes. I lived this in 1968 August. It was a very hot August in Chicago. And I was watching it on television cuz I was that kind of kid even at 13. And uh all of a sudden you had the Chicago cops beating up these protesters anti-war anti-Vietnam War
1: protesters with billy clubs at the DNC in 68.
0: Right. Very bloody. This was in now you got to put this in context in 1968. And the movie starts with this little quick little montage. Martin Luther King is assassinated in April. Bobby Kennedy, who was running for president, was assassinated in June. In August at the convention, it was a given that Hubert Humphrey would become the nominee and run against Nixon. So young folk, very anti-war, they decided they were gonna descend on Chicago because that's where the cameras are. Tom Hayden was president of the Students for a Democratic Society. Tom Hayden as in Jane
1: Fonda's Tom Hayden?
0: Yes. Okay. He would go on to be elected to the California legislature and then also, well to Congress, and be re-elected six times.
1: And that's Eddie Redmayne,
0: and Eddie Redmayne, and he is fantastic. And
1: then Wait, is he
3: not fantastic. Yeah, yeah, that's um, true. That's true. I don't yes. think.
1: Oh, okay. In the, let me let me just say this: in the movies that he is lauded for, I think the female performances are actually a lot better and make him better for it.
3: Well, I think any performance uh, from supporting cast will always increase an, another actor's performance because. Generally speaking, what you're doing is reacting. Right. So if you don't have an amazing performance from your co-stars, whether it's female or male, then your performance itself well, is uh, not going to. So. Well,
1: I thought Felicity was better in The Theory of Everything, and I thought uh, Alicia was better in Danish Girls. So Yeah. Well, I and thought and, he and deserved— But only one, only one of them won an award. <laughs> acting, But he won one instead of uh, Felicity in— Right, and then
0: she won for uh, Danish Girl, Girl. but uh, I I thought he was a front-runner for Theory of Everything. I thought he was incredible as Stephen Hawking. So I saw him in a movie years before that called Yellow Handkerchief, and it's one of those little gems. It has uh, not only Eddie Redmayne, uh, Kristen Stewart, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: William Hurt, Maria Bello.
1: It's really Mm. good. It's set in New Orleans. And once again, it proves that Kristen Stewart can act.
0: Right, and this was before her Twilight movies and everything. So this is like, oh, I want to say 2009, maybe 2008. I don't know. Okay. I don't know, but anyway, it's really a good film. You've uh, mentioned Yellow, one.
1: You've mentioned one of the seven, yeah. so far. And then and you know, Spielberg um, was supposed to direct this movie.
0: Oh really? Well, okay. So he is president of the stud- of the students for Democratic Society. And he believes that you should work from within the system to make change.
1: Corrupt from within? No, to make
0: changes yes, yes, from yes, within. Yes. Then there is Abby Hoffman and Jerry Rubin of the Yippies, which is the Youth International Party. And, the, and Abby Hoffman is a master at getting media attention.
1: Sasha Baron Cohen.
0: And Sasha Baron Cohen is, again, fantastic.
1: And he's got a movie coming out this month on Amazon Prime yeah. that I cannot wait for.
0: He is so good as Abby Hoffman. So, so good. And then Jeremy Strong, who recently won the Emmy for Succession. Mm-hmm. On yes, HBO. he did. I know you're a big fan. Yeah, I'm a big fan of his. He also played Lee Harvey Oswald in this uh, JFK movie called Parkland. Really? It's all these little hidden gems, you know that that mm-hmm. people are. Okay, so he plays Jerry Rubin. So you got three he's, of the seven. He's funny. And then there is the older gentleman, John Carroll Lynch, who was in Zodiac, but also Drew Carey's brother in the, sitcom. the Drew Carey show. Yeah, David Dellinger. People most. And so he plays a conscientious objector who's got this. Um, anti-war movement, but he's more of a straight-laced dude. Mm -hmm. But he's coming to Chicago, too, because he doesn't like the war. So this is also after um, the troops are escalated. Uh, But another thing about this film, the convention happened when LBJ was president. And he was not running again. Right. And then Nixon gets elected in 1968. November, Mm -hmm. then his Attorney General, John Mitchell, decides they're going to drum up some, uh, they're going to find something they can charge these guys with because LBJ's Attorney General, Ramsey Clark, they investigated it and determined that they weren't going to bring charges. So John Mitchell, as we all know his history, um, he finds this law that is crossing state lines to incite a riot. It's called the H-Rep Brown Law because it's basically about suppressing black activists. Aha. Uh-huh. The Black Panthers are in Chicago. Bobby Seale is there to give a speech because if everybody's going to be in Chicago, he's going to be in Chicago. He doesn't know any of these people. No. But he gets charged too. So it's really... In, insane and then there are some people that are just as a as one of the characters uh, one of the lawyers say um it uh John Froins and I think it's uh Danny Flaherty they're just charged so that they can get acquitted and it'll look like the jury's being benevolent mm-hmm. and the other guys will get convicted so they face up to 10 years in federal prison for this the lawyer, William Kuntzler, a very famous civil rights attorney, is played by the incredible Mark Rylance, mm-hmm. three-time Tony winner and Oscar yep. winner for yep. Bridge of Spies. And he is, again, fabulous as, as his lawyer. And his right-hand man lawyer is Ben Schenkman. And then uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt plays the
1: DOJ attorney, Richard Schultz. Is he old enough to play this role? Because does he look – Does he He still looks like a baby. He still looks
3: like a – so, yeah. He's one of those guys that's going to look 20 when he's 60. I know. I
0: know. So it's just
3: (laughs) – and it is all
0: uh, presided over by Judge Julius Hoffman, very controversial judge, and that is played by Frank Langella. Classic. So my picks for uh, getting nominated are – Eddie Redmayne, Sasha Baron Cohen, Mark Rylance, and Franklin Jello. Those four will likely be in the mix. The other ones is are it, fine. Is but it okay?
1: Your favorite film of the year is DeFive Five Bloods*. Is this better or on par with DeFive Five Bloods*?
0: It's on par. I would say on par. I'm not gonna. Is you know. anybody
1: better than Del Rey Lindo? Ooh, I've stumped you. <laughs>
0: Oh, I also, have stumped you. They're also good. I want to say that Bobby Seal is played by Yahya Abdul, Abdul Mateen, Mateen the second, who just won the Emmy for Watchmen. Yes, and he is great as Bobby Seal. So he could be in the he could be in the mix too. Not only are Aaron Sorkin's words just. It's very fluid. It just it just goes. It's fast paced. It's entertaining. It's not you know. Yeah, there's those in, those individual monologues that Aaron Sorkin likes to write.
1: Are there walk and talks?
3: Yeah. <laughs> Of well, course, there has right to be I a mean. walk and talk.
1: Well, there <laughs> weren't that many walk and talks in Molly's game. I'm saying. No. Well, that's but true. Yeah. But he even had
3: them in Studio 60 in that show. Oh, was, that you know, was great. I loved. <laughs> I loved that show. But mm-hmm. that was not an important enough subject to have walk and talks. No. So, so
0: of course, because you know they got it's in a courtroom. Mm-hmm. So what you do is you see the archival footage of the riots, but also they stage the r- riots too, and uh, they give you backstory, and then they don't have any real backstory about the people involved. Like, you don't know anything about, you know, these guys before they became activists. So that's...
1: So you recommend it when it's out on Netflix this week?
0: Yes, I would recommend it. I don't think you have to see it on the big screen, but if you want to support local theaters, it's at Plaza Frontenac and Chase Park Plaza. Now, on October 16th, when it drops on Netflix, Mm -hmm. it's going to start at the high point. Nice. Hmm. So, yeah. But, no, this cast is incredible. I would say that, like, the Screen Actors Guild gives that Ensemble Award. Yeah, yeah. And, and Independent Spirit yes. does. I don't know how much money. But I would say this. Another thing about the movie that you don't think about, because you're just so concentrated on Aaron Sorkin, but the cinematography is really good. Does it look
1: like Chicago in the early 70s? Yeah. It does,
0: and Fadon Papa Michael, who did Ford versus Ferrari, is a cinematographer.
3: Oh wow, his work is amazing. Yeah, yeah, yes. he really knows. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that's amazing.
0: So it's really good, but the editing, like this is this is probably going to get the word for editing. I don't know what else would be, you know, be, because of this being so. Fun. Well, you don't know what's going to come right. out in I don't know February, what's gonna come. right? <laughs> and this is Alan Baumgartner. Okay. And then the music is Daniel Pemberton, and it's pretty good. They do not fall back on the protest songs. From oh, that they don't. Era. They don't have. They don't have uh, Chicago. They don't have Graham Nash's Chicago. Good.
1: So no needle drops.
0: No needle drops. I thought that they, was. Do they refreshing. play any
1: any contemporary music? You know, well, um, not contemporary music. It's only so <laughs> engros- 50 years old. I was
0: so first of all, this is so absorbing. I was so engrossed in this that I. Was it? I I really can't say. I remember the score being appropriate to the action, Mm -hmm. but I don't think they relied
1: on any 60s
0: classic, yeah. No, I don't like you know, like Buffalo Springfield, right? (laughs) And so, so, but another thing I just want to say in real life um, when I was in college, uh, guys would listen to the radio to get their lottery number for the draft. And this was a very real tense time, of people waiting for their birthday, number, and then knowing if they could, you know, continue. It just was, it just was an insane, crazy time of civil unrest. And what this shows in the courtroom is when the law works and when it doesn't. Mm-hmm. So I think it's very illuminating. On things and uh, the the things that are most outrageous are taken directly from the transcripts.
3: Wow, so that's good. I'm very interested in that. That's yeah, like good. when Abby
0: Hoffman says, uh, "You know, I've never been prosecuted for my thoughts before." Mm. That's real. Mm-hmm. From the thing, so people will think it's like, oh, it's based on today's, you know, civil unrest and dissent. But I think it's important to read. It it, it is all about how we should cherish civil liberties, free speech, and you know, dissent. So, therefore, that's my little soapbox.
1: Well, let's uh, quickly talk about. We're running out of time here. Let's quickly talk about a couple docs that are out right now. Um, I saw "Boobs: The War on Women's Breasts." which looks like a student film, but it is actually uh, about how mammography and mammograms are not necessarily good for cancer treatment. It's a 90 minute film and the first hour is why mammograms are bad for you, and the last half hour are alternative treatments, mostly ultrasound and thermography. And it's called Boobs because they want people to watch it even though it's not I mean, it does have some nudity in it, but it is a woman, her breasts squished down on a metal plate, and how bad biopsies are, and I understand why they made this film. Sometimes it just looks like a student film because there's a there is a lot of text, and sometimes when the, they get cutesy with the text because they you know they don't want it to be dry, and sometimes it's the Star Wars crawl, and sometimes it's bouncing. Uh, text to make it seem fun, but it's not fun. It's very serious. And um, I want to recommend this film because I would like people to learn about this film, but it, it's sometimes too jokey for its own good. And there are a lot of things that could be um, learned in this if people would just take it a little more seriously. And so it's called Boobs. And the reason it's called Boobs is because they want people to see it. And I understand why. Lynn, you saw... Oh,
0: it is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. It is. All right. Um, I saw Kingdom of Silence, which is on Showtime, and it's Alex Gibney, the great Mm -hmm. documentarian, and it is about
1: the uh, murder of Jamal Khashoggi. So it's a, you know, just like my subject is... Oh, in in mine... Here, let me distract you for just a second. Uh, The director... Found out some things about herself in this documentary or in documentarian style. She learned things about herself, and that's going to help her move her life forward. Your story is more of a reflection of how government is evil. Yeah. <laughs> All governments are evil.
0: Well, Iran. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, not Iran. No, Miranda. Saudi Arabia. It's, it's Saudi Arabia, but there's a lot. It's It tells a backstory of our relationship with Saudi Arabia and also Jamal Khashoggi's relationship with Saudi Arabia and then how he fell out of favor and then they mercilessly uh, murdered him mm-hmm. uh, by dismembering him. Yeah. And then uh, it talks about our government's relationship with Saudi Arabia. And it's a very illuminating and frightening, and it made you angry. It made me angry, and it's very timely, and it's just sad. Mm-hmm. And it in, and they interview some of his friends, but also it shows his work at the Washington Post and everything. It's very thorough. Um, yeah, you got to be in the right mood to watch it. Um, I just want to say a couple things. We got to talk about. Uh, they are watching Eli Roth History of Horror. So tell us about that.
3: Yeah, it's a it's a wonderful. We just got got into it. We just I think we're about halfway through the series. And it's and on it's, Shutter. It's yep. on Shutter, and I believe the DVD is coming very soon. I'm not sure. Right, what the Tuesday. Date. Tuesday, okay. Um, yeah, it's fascinating. It its structure is very similar to the show on Netflix. Uh, the toys that made us where it's it's not chronologically tracing the history of horror each episode is on a different topic
2: like this one that watched this morning was about uh, demon possessions yeah and, you know, yeah the, mm-hmm. the omen and the exorcist and
3: yeah and it's very fascinating the people that they interview I mean every big name, that has anything to do with horror is there Jordan Peele and Bruce Campbell and Joe Bruce Hill Campbell. and Stephen King. And, oh, well, how awesome um, is that? Oh, yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's a wonderful, wonderful show. And we've been watching a lot of the documentaries that are on Shutter lately. and Because obviously being October and we're right. both big horror fans. Um, but that one really just seems to be well put together and, and very, very in-depth. Um,
2: kind of leaves you wanting more. I feel like each episode yeah. is about an hour, and mm-hmm. I always want—I always want a little more, bit more. More, more, more. Yeah, yeah, <laughs>
3: yeah. and it's kind of nice. We were both big fans of the slasher films, mainly because to us they're very fun and silly, and mm-hmm. you know, and, and kind of goofy. Um, fortunately, there are two episodes dedicated to slasher films. So, anybody out there that's a slasher film—is um, there a torture porn uh, they, episode yet? No, they touch on that in uh, one of the slasher episodes. Okay. Um, actually, you know, I, I mentioned before that I do podcasts and stuff as well and mm-hmm. i'm a part of a podcast called two guys talking horror ah. um, where you know we do everything from film to literature and tv and whatever um so maybe maybe taylor and i should should go on there with uh, with our friend nick our uh, co-host of that show maybe we should break down the the series on on two guys talking horror at some time um, yeah get people if to anybody watch anybody wants to yeah know more about it but yeah it's We can't recommend it enough. It's really, really well. Rob
1: Zombie is on there as well. Yes,
3: yep. Rob Zombie, Eli Roth, and Greg Nicotero, the executive producer of The Walking Dead. Mm -hmm. uh, They're the three that kind of host the show Mm -hmm. and and run it. Yeah. Um, But yeah, Quentin Tarantino was on today. Um, Yeah, Elijah
2: Wood is on there quite a bit. I did not realize what a horror fan he was. Oh, but uh, Sin
3: City. Sin City, but apparently he's also got a, a what? What was it? Spectre something? Spectre Films or something? He, he has a, a brand new production company, I guess. Oh, that really? Is horror, yeah. Focused.
1: Is uh, Jason Blum on there? He is,
3: yes,
0: of course.
1: Because all horror movies have to go through Blumhouse now. <laughs>
0: I <laughs> yeah. know. Yeah. There's a there's a whole bunch of them, but we'll we'll talk about those next week. Um on, D- v- on DVD, they have a musical version of the 1983 movie Valley Girl. I think mm. that would be very interesting to see. Oh, yeah. And that's new. So that comes out on Tuesday. Soul now, we have been waiting for Soul because yes. it yeah. looks so good And, and you know why?
1: Because Onward was so bad. And the last time that Pixar had two movies out in the same year was The Awful Good Dinosaur. But they followed that up with... Inside Out. So there is much to look forward to. Disney has now said, hey, we're not going to do the Mulan thing. We're not going to charge you extra. But on Christmas Day, you can wake up to Seoul on Disney+. And Plus." And yeah.
2: that's with Ron Cephas Jones, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes.
3: Yeah, we're big yeah. Ron Cephas Jones fans. I mean, he's just amazing. He
0: is really, really good. The, and Tina Fey. Um, and This Is Us starts
1: October 27th. Yeah, there was... Um, every break last night during Saturday Night Live they showed us. that mm-hmm.
0: and then uh, right now The Haunting of Bly Manor is on which is you know, the
1: sequel to The Haunting of Hill House yeah I really yes. want to watch
0: that yeah I haven't started yet because I've got all these docs yes So that, and then uh, I want to mention Ken Koppis, Belleville Zone I did go to grade school with him but he was in my sister's class
1: uh, he, he, he was on Donnybrook this week, and they talked for a half hour with Charlie Brennan and company about his new book and about The Office, and he directed Follow That Bird. Yes, yeah. and he put the Bevel <laughs> News Democrat in it. Yes. He did. Uh,
0: so anyway, he went on to— uh, The Office. He went to St. Louis U High, so he's part of that whole St. Mm-hmm. Louis U High film mafia. mafia. And then he went to Northwestern. And then he went to USC, and he won a Student Academy Award at USC. He did. And then, yeah, and then he got Fox was a brand new channel. Remember, it Mm -hmm. had the Tracy Ullman show and and The Simpsons, Simpsons. and they started bringing out all these shows. And he got hooked up with because of the the Student Academy Award, Steven Spielberg's Amazing Stories. Oh, Mm. but that was on
1: NBC. Amazing Stories was on NBC.
0: Well, he got hooked up with a lot of uh, different shows, so he would do an episode of these shows, Mm -hmm. and he would be uh, doing... In fact, I went to L.A. in 1995, and I interviewed him on the Fox lot, and that was right after he had done... Dunstan checks in. Uh, yes. Oh, wow. With which, Jason Alexander which, and a monkey. Which I enjoy. <laughs> I, I, I enjoy having Yeah. Any,
3: anything with a monkey even remotely getting close to wearing people clothes, mm-hmm. I'm there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: And so he's done a lot of family-friendly and movies. And he was
1: also part of the St. Louis connection with The Office with Jenna Fisher right. and Ellie Kemper. Right. He, and launched,
0: he launched The Office. And in fact, Phyllis well, the, was his re- reader. The
1: the American version of The Office. It was right. already it was already launched.
0: Right, but he was there, you know, with the casting, mm-hmm. and Phyllis was helping him read, and he told the people she should be. She in should the be show. Phyllis. Oh
1: wow!
0: And so, uh, yeah, and then he directed like the hundredth episode, and then uh, he directed some of the landmark Larry Sanders shows. Yes. Mm. So he's got quite the credentials, and he did the Bernie Mac show. He mm-hmm. did Julie Louis Dreyfus's uh, one of her post uh, Seinfeld sitcoms, the Christine. Ad- yeah, the older Adventures. The of old Christine. adventure. No, the new yeah.
1: Adventures of Old Christine. Right, and with and so Clark Gregg.
0: He has a huge thing. Uh, his movie. A uh, walk in the woods with Robert Redford and Nick Nolte. In fact, Ray Hartman called me to ask me what questions he should ask. Really? Me. So because I, they had him on for a half of an well, hour. Well, I know because he goes, "Lynn, do you know Ken Guapa?"s I go, He goes, "I knew you would." So he, and he, I don't he, have time to read this whole book. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I said, "Well, I ask him what it was like to direct
3: Nick Nolte and Robert Redford." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's I'm sure I'm sure that was a very interesting set to be on yeah.
0: between yeah. the two of them. Yeah, and so so anyway, um, and then of course the office connection, which yeah. most people in St. Louis know. So his book, I uh, bought it from Left Bank Books, and uh, I and he's ha- in it's L.A. Called, so. It's called. But I re- but what I really want to do is direct <laughs> a life, uh, uh, you know, lessons from a life in, you know, film. Yes. And he, uh, he's he's just an awesome guy. He's very humble, and he's very private. He is married to uh, – he and his wife made the movie He Said She Said Together.
3: Oh, okay. Okay. Nice.
0: She is the daughter of Joan Micklin Silver.
1: Oh, is she?
0: Yeah. Anyway, they're very – I, you know, like some people are very private about their private lives. Then they probably yeah. don't
1: want you talking about their personal BS.
0: Right. And then some people crave it, mm-hmm. crave the limelight. Like you. So. Well. All right. So what's that. coming
1: up next week, young lady?
0: Well, next week uh, we're going to have the Over the Moon animated movie on Netflix, which I already saw, which is wonderful. Okay. It's the Chinese-American one, Glenn Keen. Mm-hmm. directed it. He is the one who drew the Beast, in who and drew Beauty. Ariel, mm-hmm. who drew many of the iconic Disney. If
1: you're watching the Imagineering uh, story on Disney+, Plus, you'll see him a lot. Hmm. Yeah,
0: and I don't know what else. Uh, oh, have. I have
1: a lot of things that are in my queue, and you don't know when they're coming out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right, and I have Rebecca in my queue, but I think Rebecca doesn't come out till October 21st. Yes, I think that's the I, remake. You, yeah,
1: yeah, that's a, a week from. A,
0: yeah, so we'll 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 see. Will we will be looking? But uh, if you want to go to local theaters, they have a lot of Halloween movies right now.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. Which
0: is, in you know, Hocus Pocus. Or Go and,
1: See the War with Grandpa.
0: And what's going to be at the Skyview for its uh, for its
3: slasher? Oh, its, they
1: already did this last year. Next week they're doing westerns. They're doing Silverado and True Grit, the original True Grit with John oh, Wayne. Oh,
3: man, I don't know if I can miss that. I'm, I'm a western junkie as well as a horror junkie. And, and yeah, especially with us trying to get our western uh, off the ground, I, mm-hmm. I just devour any kind of western I can get. And those are two of my favorites. And that's at the Skyview. That's at the
1: Skyview next weekend.
3: weekend.
1: And they, like this weekend, they showed Terminator 1 and 2. And so.
2: I think Halloween weekend it's Hocus Pocus, Halloween 4, Trick or Treat, and Night Before Christmas. Yes. Yeah. I, I believe the, you
1: are correct on that. They're
0: doing a great job. They oh, really
2: yeah. are. We've, oh. we've
0: gone a
1: few times well, during I'm, the summer. But... I saw Tenet there. <laughs> oh, oh really? You? Yeah, I did.
3: We went for a number of things. I think we saw yeah. Jaws and Jurassic yeah. Park. Uh,
0: Which are so fun. They're they're, yeah. they're, they're very comforting to people yeah. at this, during yeah, this but time they're mov- of pandemic. You're going
1: to see movies you probably already own. Why wouldn't you want to go see something new?
2: Yes, but well, there's... I guess it's, it depends. Like Jaws is my favorite movie of all time. Uh-huh. So getting any time, so I get Seeing it chance, on the big screen. Yeah, yes. any chance I get
3: yeah, I think that's what it is for us. It's it's experience. You know, we went um, to see the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which is not a great film, but it's no. it's better than it it gets. You know, a lot of it. Uh, you know, it's it's iconic. It is yes. it, very much so. And isn't it and Elias
0: Co? Uh, yes, as Eli uh,
3: Cotius, yes. yeah, as as Casey Jones. Yeah, we went and saw that, and. You know, yeah, I've got it. Yeah, I could quote the movie, and yes, you know, on my. <laughs> but you wanted to see it on, on the big pl- screen. Yeah, I wanted to see it on the big screen. You know, and and on just our like our all those kids in the nineteen nineties did. The comics yes. and that we we wanted to talk about it, the mm-hmm. experience about being there. And so yeah. And it's got a I great think,
0: voice cast. Well, <laughs> yeah, and I also think that people want to support local; they want to support restaurants. I yeah, was yeah. driving around Saturday, and the places were packed outside because I think people mm. feel the need to do that. We have a couple things on TV this week um, are not well not on TV, but they're readings of uh, their West Wing is mm-hmm. going to do a special episode on HBO on Thursday. Okay. okay. And uh, that's the original cast, except for,
3: you know, God rest in peace, the people that have passed away. But I think Sterling K. Brown, uh, another St. Louis, is taking the role of Leo McGarry. He is filling in for John Spencer. At least I I, think that's what i believe I
1: believe you are correct on that.
3: Which is a little odd. He's a little younger than John Spencer. But, um, Mm -hmm. boy, I can't wait to see him and Martin Sheen in a scene. That would be amazing. So that's going to be wonderful. And then
0: Rob Reiner is doing a reading of this is spinal tap with this cast as a benefit for pennsylvania democrats
2: i'm so excited about that
0: and that is october 14th
1: is who has he announced the cast is it going to be everybody is it going to be paul schaefer is it going to be
0: i think it's going to be as many people as possible I should because
1: Rob Reiner is is in the film.
0: Yeah, and then I think uh, just like the Princess Bride one, you can watch it. Like you can still watch the Princess Bride table read now Mm. and donate to the. That was a Democratic fundraiser for what's. But with Zoom,
1: Harry Shearer and Michael McKean, they can all be there. Right,
0: right. So I think that's going to be. So that's coming up this week.
1: And will Christopher Guest do it?
0: Yeah. Anything else coming up?
1: Well, let's find out where our guests are on socials. Like you can find me on at underscore Carl the intern on Instagram and Twitter, and I actually put some stuff up this week. Lynn, where can we find you? I am on
0: KTRS on Thursday nights with uh, Saint Louis in the Know with Ray Hartman, 10:30 p.m. usually, and I am in the Webster Kirkwood Times, and now our print edition is back, yay! But we're still online, and then. Uh, we have uh, my own website, poplifestl.com, which is a work in progress, and our podcast, Real Times Trio, every on iTunes. weekend.
1: Yes. All right. So, Jason, what uh, website, socials, where can we find
3: you? I'm, I feel like I'm all over these days. <laughs> um, uh, you know, Obviously, I have, I'm Facebook. Uh, I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. You can find me in any of those places, um, but I also... You know, I mentioned that I have a horror podcast called Two Guys Talking Horror, mm-hmm. which you can find at twoguystalkinghorror.com. I also have a comic book pop culture podcast that I'm a part of called My Big Fat pollist which is at <laughs> mybigfatpollist.com And we have just now this month launched a YouTube channel Ooh. in connection with that podcast where we will be showing original uh, content for anything around comic books or, or dealing with that and that you can just go straight to YouTube and look up my Big Fat Pull list.
1: And Taylor uh, where can we find you?
2: Uh, well right now I'm, I'm still kind of a work in progress but um, that's okay. I've got a Facebook page it's uh, Tay Pete's. that's what everybody calls me at school. Uh, Tay Pete's music page and that's just at Uh, at taylor pete's official page and that's more about my uh my music uh, and people that i'm collaborating with and all my original works that i'm trying to get put my first album together and uh, i'm starting Mm. something new hopefully in the next two months um it's just gonna be called music mondays and you can find it there um where i will have uh, a guest on where we will do a song or two together and chat about our music in st louis and then uh hopefully chat about Artists that maybe people don't know about that they should like a recommendation list where people can go check out new tunes and artists that they don't know.
3: And I I will also say that, you know, after after Taylor and I having been together as long as we have now, I can see when things begin to to build (laughs) in in her head and. We have this running joke our group of friends that she will write a new song in the next commercial break of a TV series because she just <laughs> the, the mind is always going. Good. Um and I can tell you that during the recording of this podcast she wrote a song. i saw the spark hit so it was
2: something you said lynn it was a, a, an idea for a song of something you said and it, it did hit and uh, I'll, I'll be working on that too. so yeah so check wow.
3: out her facebook i'm sure you'll see Ooh. updates about a song that started here on this show yeah oh,
2: wow and are you still teaching like lessons um i'm actually at john burroughs right now um that's the job i started two years ago i teach uh high school and middle school choir I teach songwriting and then I do all the choreography for their shows Um, so a lot of music and dance in my day-to-day
1: which is awesome excellent
2: oh yeah
0: which is awesome
1: well thank you for being with us today thanks for having us thanks for having
2: us this is fun yeah we'll have to have you back again yeah we'd love to thanks for all your recommendations
1: well
0: Carl another week
1: another time yeah say Uh, bye 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 support
3: local and vote